Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Glory to God. The future is bright. It's brighter than we ever thought. <laughs> we're not going under, we're going over. We are prospering. We are increasing. Everything is going to work for our good. Including the COVID-19. Praise God. While there was darkness in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. We're children of the Most High God. We are practically indestructible. Glory to God. Amen. I said we are indestructible. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Remain standing. I, I usually don't share a lot of testimonies. But I want to share a testimony with you this morning to stir your heart that our best days are ahead of us. Praise God. We're trying to buy something. We're trying to buy something. We've been trying to buy it over, over five years. Because it costs quite a lot, but we're trying to get it. Uh, and yesterday I had an impression to call the person and just talk to the person on how we can pay little. And then the person said, well, yeah, you can actually, trying to, actually, the person yesterday gave us a discount of 3.5 million out of what we're supposed to pay for. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. And by the time we pay for the thing, it's a land actually. The land was selling for four million. We've been trying to pay for over four years. So I wanted to tie up the deal. And I said, Well, you can take it for three million. Took out one million. And say everybody in that estate is supposed to pay two point five million for road and for water. I say, Well, we'll pay that in the next couple of years. I say, but I'm writing that off for you. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know some people say I don't believe in prosperity. You don't believe what you're saying. You don't have to make noise. But there's something called the favor of God. It'll cost bills to go off for you. And I want to speak over your life this morning. That if you hear what I'm saying and the teachings I'm teaching, you will own your own property. In the name of Jesus. It'll come by the favor of God. I said it'll come by the favor of God. Listen to this. I rarely say this. But there is an anointing on my life. For building. There is an anointing. I don't struggle to build. It's ceaseless. And you can be part of that anointing. You don't have to build a house for one million years. There is an anointing to cause things to happen. Praise God. And if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, He will exalt you. Praise the name of the Lord. Lift your hands and thank Him. And receive that in the name of Jesus. Let it get a hold of your spirit. 
Father, I receive an anointing in the name of Jesus to own and to build. Glory to God. Ceaselessly. It'll be a flow. I just sense that in this service this morning. The wisdom. <laughs> the wisdom. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Let it be a surge of favor in this house. Let it be a surge of favor in this house. Glory to God. I remember two Sundays ago I said that people are going to get jobs. Praise God. And we have people, two people getting jobs already. Glory to God. And we just opened the door to more jobs. We opened the door to more promotions. We opened the door to favors. Glory to God. Miracles, signs and wonders are going to be so common in our midst. Hallelujah. It's going to happen. Praise God. I said it's going to happen. Praise God. It's going to happen. Unexpected raises and promotions by the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. You excited this morning? Amen. Thank you worship team. Let's give the Lord a hand. Glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. You excited this morning? Glory to God. Today is a good day. Amen. I want to thank you all for the awesome celebration on Wednesday. Thank you for all your gifts. Amazing. The shirt I'm wearing is a gift. Thank you. The belt is a gift. Thank you. I had this trouser and this shoe before. <laughs> well, thank you. Praise God. And I have an open letter from Cindy here. Awesome. Thank you. You know, there are many pastors who, if they have a choice, they will change the church that they are pastoring because they think they are better members somewhere. Uh, but we're not part of that crowd. I believe in blooming where you're planted, prospering with the people that God has sent you to. And I believe God has sent me to you. And I want to thank you for the sacrifice, the appreciation, the team behind the scene, especially my awesome wife and um, our staff and all the work. Thank you, everyone. And uh, I was told again that the, the celebrations will continue this morning. So, praise God. Well, I'm usually never around most of my birthdays, so I'm believing that this one, they want to make sure that they, they do everything they can. Because next one, I will not be around. I'll make sure that there's a preaching program somewhere. But uh, thank you. Hallelujah. Let's get into the Word. Let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach your Word. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. Now, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. All right. What did we start? Uh, we started talking about what on Sunday? Come on, who can tell me? We started talking about what? The anxiety-free living or the anxiety-free life. Praise God. And we said the anxiety-free life is the worry-free life. These are just exaltation and messages that I'm, I'm putting forth. Praise God. The, exo- uh, the, the, the anxiety-free life is the worry-free life or the stress-free life. Praise God. Is it possible for someone to be worry-free? Yes, sir. Because the Word of God tells us. 
Now, we looked at the word worry and we said it means to be anxious or to be troubled with cares. To be troubled with cares. Anxiety. Being anxious. Now, interestingly, the word in the Greek New Testament is from the verb merizo. It means to distract or to divide. Or to draw to different directions. So what it means is that when a man is worried, his attention is drawn to many directions. He's thinking about many things. What about if this happens? What about if this doesn't happen? There are so many people that out of anxiety are walking out of God's plan for their lives. They're just anxious. About tomorrow. What's going to happen? Oh, if I marry, will I have a child? If I have a child, will the child have sense? (laughs) Just worried. Just as faith opens the door to God, worry opens the door to the devil. What you fear most will come upon you. So you've got to deal with fear. Now, there is an interesting definition I got, which which is amazing. But let's go to... Uh, we looked at Philippians, right? Philippians chapter 4. That was our anchor scripture. Please turn there. Philippians chapter 4. The worry-free life. We, we, we believe God's word that we can be worry-free. Glory to God. This doesn't mean that you're not planning or you're not strategic. It just means that you're not anxious. You're not anxious. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. It says, be anxious for nothing. Don't be worried about anything. It says, but in everything, come on now, can I have the scriptures? But in everything, what did he say? By prayer and supplication with word. Thanksgiving. You can replace your worries with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Come on. Am I, are you still there? You can replace your worry with what? With thanksgiving. You know, the future for some people is so scary. They don't know what's going to become of them. And it's very simple. It's because they've not anchored their life on the word. I'm not bothered about tomorrow. Never am, never will be. Why? I've got God's word and I live according to the... Now, let me tell you something, right? You've got to live right. Because we've got almost a brand of Christianity where people just want God to bless them and people just want to live the way they need to live. And that's a problem. It's a big problem. It's a big problem. Because it's almost like, God do this for me, but I want to live the way I need to live. No. What I'm teaching you is kingdom living. You've got to live right. It's not just the message to pamper your flesh. Because we've got so many kind of Christians sitting in church every Sunday who just want to do what they want to do and just hear the word of God and go on with their life. God needs an army of radically righteous people. Praise God. Are you hearing this now? I'll tell you this. Sin will stop you from walking in God's plan for your life. It's going to distract you. And so you've got to deal with it. 
Glory to God. Alright. Now, when you are not anxious, what replaces that in your heart? It's called peace of God. Not the peace of circumstances. The peace of God. Now, sometimes when we talk about the peace of God, people feel that, well, it's because you don't have challenges. No. It's the peace of God that the human mind cannot comprehend. Verse 7. Why? Because it's a peace that you can have in the midst of circumstances. You remember when that boat, Jesus said, let's cross over to the other side. And the Bible says the boat was troubled. A storm was coming. And, and what was Jesus doing? Come on, what was Jesus doing? Sleeping. How many of you can sleep on the local boat? I, praise God. I mean, people just tell Jesus all the time. Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus, and Jesus, they calm down. What is it? <laughs> you understand? Because so, praise God. The 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 most difficult thing, it, you know, everybody can experience peace when there's calmness. The only way I know you have peace on your inside is when trouble comes. You're living in a compound and you hear that robbers are robbing the next flat. That's when I'll know if you have peace. Because some of you will either have the peace of God or you will peace on your body. <laughs> it depends on which one you have. But you know, God can give us the peace in the midst of a troubled situation. Are you here? Come on, I said, are you here? And that's what God wants us. The anxiety-free life is a life that is lived and driven by the peace of God which passes understanding. This peace will guard your heart, your spirit, and your mind so that you will not have anxious thoughts. Listen, let me tell you something. If you will be able to come into the peace of God and this anxiety-free life that I'm talking about, God will be able to guide your life into the right place. I'm the Lord that God that teacher D to profit. You know the reason why a lot of Christians fail? They're trying to control their own lives by themselves. They have not yielded to the plan of God. You know what that plan of God means? The plan of God means, Lord, whatever you want from me is what I want. Whatever you don't want, I'm fine with it. Because we've got this whole societal standards that set certain standards and say you must be this by this, you must be this by this, you must be that by this, you must be this by this. And that puts a lot of anxiety on people and a lot of pressure to become even what God has ordained them to be. And because of that, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of pressure that comes on their life. Unnecessary anxiety. I talked about it in, 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 on Sunday. You have people who've got kids and then they, they want a boy or they want a girl and then they have the girl. They want the girl to marry from a certain place. They don't want the girl to marry from a certain place. Unnecessary anxiety all over the place. Praise God. Some are concerned about why they haven't married. Oh, at my age, I should be settled by now as if they are unsettled. I should be settled by now. I should have settled down by now. I should have settled down by now. Those who are settled, I say, oh, I think I settled down too early. I think I settled down too early. I want to unsettle. Confusion everywhere. Because people will not follow God's plan for their lives. And it breeds anxiety. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Unnecessary comparison brings anxiety. Let me tell you, see, as you are seated here, if you do not plan your life based on the resources you have, you will drive yourself out of the plan of God unnecessarily trying to impress people who don't really absolutely care about you. That's one of the source of worry. Living a life that other people feel, you know, people look at you and say, at your age, you shouldn't do this. Or you should have this. You know, in, when I was growing up, I used to think that it was only teenagers that suffered from peer pressure. It's a lie. Even adults suffer from peer pressure. Even adults. And that pressure pushes people to worry. And you have to learn to deal with it. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, interestingly, <laughs> when I saw this, it was amazing. The word worry actually is from the old English word, an old German word, which is, I'm pronouncing it in English, which is like wogen, W-U-R-G-E-N. And what it actually means is to strangle, to choke, to strangle on the neck, to strangle. To strangle. And that's what worry does. It strangles the life out of you. It literally chokes you. That's why you can worry to the point where you start feeling headaches. In fact, if you listen to Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's a neuroscientist. She deals with the brain. And she says that when you get into the habit of excessive worry, it, it, it releases dangerous cells on your brain. Your body was not designed to worry. So it breaks down your immune system. And that's why you see that people who worry a lot when they go and receive medicine, they hardly get cured because it's not a, a, a physical problem in that sense. It's a mental problem. And I, and I tell you, if you keep worrying and keep worrying the way you're worrying, you're going to look older than your age. And then when you look at the mirror, you'll be concerned and worry some more and add a bit more stress to it. And add a bit more stress to it. Your body was not designed to worry. It will destroy your immune system. It's negative energy. It's negative thought. It's toxic on your brain. That's why the scripture tells us what to think of. If you read down from Philippians chapter 4, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is praiseworthy, whatsoever is honorable, whatever is this, think on these things. You have a framework. You cannot think on things that will destroy your own health. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? This is an exaltational message. It's not a deep revelation. I'm exhorting you to break free from a worry-free life. Learn the art of contentment. Learn it. Let me tell you, in this life, nothing will satisfy you. Nothing. You were not designed to be satisfied by anything. If not, you ask our governors why they are still stealing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, how many of us thought, man, if I can get a job that can pay me 50000 ah, oh, oh, Father, I will not come and disturb you for anything again. And you got the job. And they paid you 50000 The Lord, at 20. Just 20. <laughs> and they started paying you 80, 70. Say, ah! And I said, but my mates are receiving 130. They pay you 150. You now ask yourself, you know, have you heard some people who receive about a million naira a month? You know, in your mind, you tell yourself, if I can get a million naira, there's no prayer request again. 
I'll just be serving God. It's a lie. You ask those people, why are they not serving God? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even if they pay you two million a month, that's when you realize that your phone that you are using. One day my one in the office, we're searching to buy something in, in I think we're searching to buy something for the church, the system or something. And then uh, my secretary showed me a phone that you can flip six hundred and eighty thousand. When I saw the phone, I saw the foundation of a new church. Are you following what I'm saying? You see, let me tell you something. Now, I'm not stressing in this message because I can't be teaching you not, not to worry and then I'm stressing to preach it. Let me tell you something. Is it that phone you spent a hundred and something thousand for that is in your hand right now? This is a word of knowledge and it's correct. You know the only thing you do there is WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email. It's finished. Do you understand? The cam- this camera lens is 3D. Not a problem. Another one is coming next year. You need to ask yourself that is this why you were born? To chase after electronics. That is this your last this is your life now? You have forgotten that it is human beings like you that are actually at the production end producing it. But your own end of the spectrum is a consumer. And you will realize in life producers always control consumers. So you want to ask yourself, are you exercising dominion by being a perpetual consumer? Or you want to switch? And in the essence, sisters, those things will never satisfy you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All they need to get you anxious is to put a letter in front of the phone. Samsung XI. And then they just say, you know these people, this one is XI. A1. You're like, man, that A1 phone. Oh, Jesus, that A1 phone. Nothing, just numbers. The X, the version was straight. The A1 is curved. And for that curve, you harass your husband, cause trouble in your marriage, beg misbehave around just to buy a curve. You know, sometimes I believe that God wonders at us. You know when you say, I, I'm wondering. God just marvels. Ah, ah, human beings. <laughs> Did I create these ones? Because you, you, you know, sometimes these kind of messages are not big revelations. It's just you sitting down and asking yourself, what is the essence of life? And why am I worried? Why am I bothered? Are, are you following what I'm saying? What's causing me to be anxious? The scripture says, it's the cares of this world. Are, are you following this now? You need to sit yourself down and ask yourself, why am I worried? What's bringing this anxiety? Because God says, you should not 
Be anxious. Do not worry. It's a command. Worry is actually sin because you're not obeying God's command. Glory to God. Now let me show you something here. Go with me to Jeremiah 17. Show you something here. Jeremiah chapter 17. (laughs) Oh, thank you Lord. The anxiety free life. If you have faith in God, everything is going to be alright. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 17. One of the things that causes men to worry is that trust in men. Verse 5. Thus says the Lord. Cost is the man who trusts in mankind. Cost is the as the man who trusts in mankind, who put his faith in mankind, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. So, if you put your heart in man, if you trust a man, it will turn your heart away from God. You cannot trust God and trust man at the same time. You've got to choose which one you want to trust. For he will be like a bush in the desert, and will not see when prosperity comes. But we live in stony waste in the wilderness. A land of soil without inhabit, inhabitant. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. And whose trust is in the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water. That extends its roots by a stream. And will not fear when heat comes. If I put my trust in God, if I put my trust in God, when heat comes, I'll not be afraid. But it leaves will be green. And it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. That's why I shared that testimony with you that I shared at the beginning. We've never bought the narrative that our life will go down. We've never bought the narrative that our ministry will go down. We've never bought the narrative that things will go worse because of what's going on. Why? Because we have God's word. Our trust is in the Lord. Our trust is in the name of the Lord. And we have a direct commandment not to be anxious in the year of drought. Not to be anxious in the year of drought. It says if a man trusts in the Lord, even if it's a year of drought, he will not be anxious. He will be anxiety free even when things... So, it's not saying you will not be anxious when things are bad. He says, no. Because sometimes you feel, yeah, it's because things are good with you. No, it's not because things are good with me. It's because the Word of God says I should not be anxious. He says in the year where there's heat, where there's drought, you will not cease to yield fruit. So you've got to trust God's Word. And that's why you need to constantly declare that this is going to be your best year ever. Some of you need to replace COVID-19 with scriptures. With Philippians 4.19. The Lord supplies all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Instead of shouting COVID-19 all over the place. You know, some of you are even using uh, masks as fashion idea. This shirt has masks. This shirt has masks. This shirt has masks. Because we play with everything. Are you following what I'm saying? Come and say, I will not be anxious. In the year of drought, I will not cease to yield fruit. Come and say it with some boldness. Say, I will not be anxious. In the year of drought, I will not cease to yield fruit. Glory to God. 
But how will this happen? Come on, how will this happen? If you put your trust in God and not a man. Do you realize many people hearing me today? Their trust is in man. Their trust is in man. Many people have built their trust in man. Ah, if this is my uncle. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm really reviewing that concept of destiny helper. We need to review it. Because we've almost thought, of course, God will use men to do stuff for you, but we've almost thought it in such a way that we're now on the outlook for men as opposed to looking to God. And therefore, we become slaves of men. When they disappoint, we get worried. When their number doesn't go through, we get worried. We depend on the systems of men. And one of the things that this whole pandemic has revealed to us is that there's no nation that is better than any other nation. In fact, it even looks like those of us who don't have good hospitals and who don't have good facilities now look better off. Because they struggle. They're struggling all over in Europe to contain this. And you are just going everywhere. Some of you have never worn masks since March. Maybe we should give you free masks at least for once. You're just fine. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What it has shown us is that the systems of men, we fail and we crumble. It's only the kingdom of God that's everlasting. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God will cut the worry out of your life. Cut that anxiety out of your life. It's destroying you. It's stopping the purposes of God from coming to pass in your life. There's no need to be anxious. God's word over our lives means that everything will be fine. There's no disease that God cannot heal. There's no situation He cannot intervene. The Lord gave us a word last Sunday that there will be supernatural interventions. And we believe that. Glory to God forevermore. Come on, are you still here? He will not be anxious in the year of drought. So, if I see anxiety in your life, it means that your trust is beginning to shift. You're beginning to shift. Trust in man. And I like men. Men can promise. Mm, oh, yeah. We'll see what we can do about it. See what we can do about it. <laughs> All right. All right. You know, sometimes I feel sorry for people. You know why I feel sorry for people? If you use that time to go and stay with God and learn God's word, your life will be better off. Ah. Your life will be better off. You'll be, you'll be so free. That's why some of you can't tell the truth. Because when you tell the truth where you are, you will lose your job. So you are compromised. So some of you are in relationships you can't pull out from. Because your boyfriend is your source. Family relationship for seven years, ten years, eight years. When are you getting married? So you're looking for food. Your mates are busy, busy raising the dead. They're busy making more people dead spiritually. They're your man. That's why pastors can't preach the truth. Fear of if tithes will reduce. 
That's why if a governor walks in, they'll give the governor a speech to, to preach the word. Governor will now say, I want to encourage you people to always obey God. <laughs> and then the next day, you see the governor in the mosque. I want to encourage you people to always obey Allah. <laughs> because we want to roof our building. If a pastor trusts in the offering, he cannot teach the truth. He's got to trust in God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus preached to a point and people left him and he told to Peter, he said, will you not also go away? You know, I, I remember someone sent me a message one time I preached a message and he said, yeah, sometimes when you preach, all these tell people if this is not their church, they can go, they can leave. It's not a, it's not a, you know, you need, I, Jesus always gives people the option to leave. It's not a cult. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And what's in the back of your mind? It's the offerings. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? A minister of the gospel has to trust in God to teach the truth. Because to be honest, the truth is not always comfortable. You know that, right? Come on, you know the truth is not always comfortable, right? Even in your own life, if you tell yourself the truth, you will also say yes. Because you know when you tell yourself the truth, it's not comfortable. So how can a minister of God preach the truth of God's word? He's got to learn to put his trust in God. If not, he will be worried about the finances. And if he's worried about the finances, what is he going to teach? He's going to teach all kinds of message. Dangerous seed for the next level. 17 seed to sow to cross over. Next level offering, Isaac offering, Abraham offering, Deborah offering, madness offering, foolishness offering, turn around offering, <laughs> breaking the circles of disappointment offering, breaking near success syndrome sem- symptom automatic offering. Some of those things are signs of poverty. Spiritual poverty. When a man is poor, his emphasis will be on materialism. Because he has not yet seen the vanity of the world. Are you here? And you need to see that. You need to see that. You need to come to the point in your spirit where the Lord shows you the vanity of this whole earthly system. And you would lose the desire for certain things. At that point, you will kickstart a journey in your life that things will begin to follow you. <laughs> Praise God. Things will just begin to follow you. Naturally, supernaturally, things will just begin to happen. Let's read the scripture. Matthew chapter 6. When you trust in man and the systems of man, you will absolutely live a worry filled life. Not free. Worry filled. Matthew chapter 6 verse 25. Matthew chapter 6 verse 25. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to live worry free. Come on, are you making that commitment this morning? Say, I'm going to live worry free. You make up your mind. And I'm going to show you next Sunday how to, how to get into this life. And I'm going to show you on Sunday also how sometimes wicked people can make you begin to worry. When you see that people who are not living right are getting some of the things you are believing for, it can cause you to worry. It happened to David. 
So this guy is a wicked man, but he's making money. You are a righteous man and you are poor. You need to be delivered from the envy of the wicked. Are you following what I'm saying? One guy says, ah, if David Doe can have jet, how can a minister not have jet? You are not David Doe. You are not David Doe. It's madness to be comparing. So There are certain things you shouldn't compare. It's like comparing an elephant and a rat. Somebody spiritually dead. You are using him as an example with you that have been called as, in, as a preacher of the life of God. What kind of example is that? Light and darkness. You know, we have become so vain that, and I'm going to talk about that next month for this course. We have become so vain that even when people are spiritually dead, it doesn't prick our heart anymore. We don't mind people going to hell as far as we can rub shoulders with them. That's why you can have unbelieving friends and you will never preach to them one day because you are afraid that the day you preach to them they will not be your friend again. And you don't want that. You value your friendship more than their souls. You are a wicked Christian. In fact, you are not a Christian. You are a wicked person who goes to church. Because the first priority of every believer is to make sure that people are born again. If we lose that priority, just as the church has lost that priority, we will practically raise prosperous sinners in church. That's why if you want to find the most wicked thing ever, come to church, you'll find it. People who will scam you, people who will get you pregnant, they're in church. Yeah. 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 Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's wait till next month. Let's enjoy this month. Matthew chapter 6. 25. For this reason, man cannot serve two masters. When Jesus says, For this reason, I said to you, do not be worried. For what reason? Go up, go up to the next verse, the verse before 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You've got to put the distinction. Because what's going to happen is that mammon is the primary cause of worry. If you look at all the things that make us worried, 90% of them are money related. Am I right? That's why a lot of people think that if I have more money, I can solve a lot of problems in my life. Until you now find out that even people who have money still have worries. So you ask yourself, what's the real solution to this? Glory to God. <laughs> you know, sometimes, I mean, sometimes you must, don't envy people. I, I don't know how to put it. Don't, don't wish to be like someone. Just find out God's plan for your life. When I was younger, I went with my dad somewhere to, to went for a meeting. I was, I was young then, so I really didn't understand. I saw this man, uh, before he eats, he will take Setting, it's like a big tablet. It looked like chocolate or, you know, like that jealousy tablet kind of big. He'll take it, he'll eat. Ah, in my mind, when I was small, then I was like, ah! And the mouth was pretty wealthy. So in my mind, I thought it was a special chocolate that only rich people take. <laughs> you know, I was young then. In my heart, I just say, oh! When I'm old, when I have money, I'll buy this chocolate. Every time I want to eat, I'll take it. Every time I want to eat. Not knowing that the mouth was taking... Uh, he had a problem with digestion, so he always had to take medicine with every food to aid him to digest. Imagine if God answered that prayer. 
Are you following what I'm saying? What am I trying to say? When you are immature, you want to be like people without even knowing how their life is. It's a sign of immaturity. A sign of being a baby. That's why a lot of your prayers are, Oh God, make me like this person. Oh Father, look at my mate. And God is saying, if you receive the full package of this, your mate, you will not want it. We say, Lord, do it. <laughs> I was a girl from here. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? You've got you cannot envy someone. There is a plan for your life. Because it's when you compare your plan and other people's plan that you begin to start worrying. But if you stick with your plan, you would see that you are making progress in your plan. Are you following what I'm saying? But if I take my plan and I compare it to the plan of my brother, he might look further than me, but that's not my plan. Comparison. It's one of the primary source of worry. So he says, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life. 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 Come on, are you seeing that? Do not be worried about your life. How many people know that a lot of people are worried about their life? Come on, but what did Jesus tell us? About what? Come on, say it. What did Jesus tell us? Not be worried about what? Come on, can we be honest this morning? How many of us are worried about our lives? Come on. How many of us are really worried about our lives? We're going to send you out of this church for lying if your hands are not raised. Every one of us seated here this morning is worried about our lives, including your pastor, right? But what does Jesus tell us? Can we trust him? This is amazing, right? Have you ever seen this scripture from this perspective before? Some of you are champion warriors. Even when there's nothing to worry about, you are worried. Oh, I've not worried in the last one month. Oh. <laughs> I'm worried that I've not been worried. Praise God. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat. What you will drink. Not for your body. As to what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into bands. And yet our heavenly Father feeds them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you not worth much more than they? Do you realize something there? I'll close here because we have a lot of things to do this morning. Do you realize something there? He did not say God feeds them. This is what I'm going to pick up from next Sunday. He did not say God feeds he says what? Your heavenly father. He didn't say God feeds the bed of the air. No. He says your heavenly father feeds them. He says are you not worth much more than those beds? That means a man who is worried about his life is actually saying that the beds have more value than him. And that the father he has doesn't care. It is when you doubt the care of God that you plunge your life into worries. This is your heavenly father feeds them. How many of you have seen, have seen a bed worried before? You look at the bed and say, what's wrong with you? You say, hey, things are hard. <laughs> or you see a bed, like, oh, why are you looking like this? He's oh, worried that he's president. APC won the election. Do you know how many people, pred- how many people get worried when a governor co- government comes into position and for the next four years of their life, they use their mouths to shut their destinies? Oh, we will suffer in these four years. Oh, Nigeria is finished. And they have eight years. Oh, oh, oh. 
Mark 11, 23, 24 says, you shall have what you say. Some of you are just suffering because of what you said about the president. You have said nothing good will come out. You shall have what you say. So you, you know when your suffering will expire. 2023. And that's the truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Have you realized as a ministry we've consistently been on the path of progress since day one? Consistently. When you came in, you see what we're building, right? By the time you come in before the end of the month, there will be a gate there. Consistently on the path of progress with less pressure, no anxiety, no worry, no... Not just on the path of upward increase. I want to close here because I want to pick up from here on Sunday. When this whole COVID-19 thing started, the first thing I said, I was in the office here, the first thing I said, when the whole thing, they're going to shut down church and everything and everything, and some pastors were already complaining about, oh, I said, in the name of Jesus, we will experience increase like never before. And you know what? Two weeks after the lockdown, we got the highest single offering we have ever gotten in eight years of the ministry. And you can, in your mind, don't worry about the figure, but you can calculate. Do you understand? Like, I'm telling you about the highest single giving in eight years came three weeks during the lockdown. Why? Our Heavenly Father cares. Until you begin to come to this relationship of knowing that your Heavenly Father cares about what you need. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Let me say this. Cause, and, and I'll wrap up. My wife can testify to this. I've come to a place in my life, and this is absolutely true, where sometimes I just think of something, like, ah, oh, I need to have this. Or I'm just, oh, I think I'll need this. And bam, people just get it to me. I mean, not being, oh, no, 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 just, oh, I think, and bam, it just comes. Like, spot on. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. See, you need to learn to trust God. You need to learn it. Is that okay? So we're going to trust God to have a worry-free life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands and thank you. Oh, hallelujah. We lift our hands to you, Father. In adoration. Oh, we lift our hands to you, glory to God. We lift our hands to you, glory to God. Father, we thank you. Oh, we lift our hands in worship. We extol you. We honor you. We extol you and we honor you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We extol you and we honor you. Blessed be your name forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand quickly. We're going to... Let's have a sit. Praise God. Um, okay, yeah. All the team, they still won't celebrate today, so let me give them time. But uh, quick announcement. Just pay attention quick. Pay attention, everyone. Quick announcement.
Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.